Here we go. Seven simple steps to interrupt the patterns of fear. Yeah, I'm Jennifer Hadley. Welcome and thank you so very much. I I love this material. It's such a blessing for me to be able to offer it and share it. And I did uh, this class just the other day. Some of you may have attended. I know people like to come both times because each one is unique. And uh, I have to say, I want to say big thank you to all the people who wrote to me and said how wonderful the call was and how helpful it was for them. So thank you, thank you for taking the time to write to me. I always appreciate knowing uh, that you value what I'm offering. It makes a difference. So thank you again. And let us begin with a prayer. So let's begin with just placing our hand on our heart and opening our heart and mind, opening our awareness to the perfect love that we already are. So grateful and so thankful to open ourselves to the unprecedented, unlimited power of love. We're partnering up with our higher Holy Spirit self and we are saying yes to infinite intelligence leading us and guiding us through this class. So grateful and so thankful to interrupt the patterns of fear, to leave the fear habit behind forever. We're claiming a healing. We are claiming transformation. We are claiming our true identity. We're willing to live a life of profound love and fear be gone. Yes. In gratitude, we share the benefits with everyone because we're one with them. In gratitude, we allow our healing to be. We let it be. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. <sighs> yes, always good to pray. Indeed. So, I am someone who... I used to have a lot of fear, a lot of fear. Fear really was driving my life for the first uh, 40-some years of my life, really. Fear was the motivator. Fear was what I was reacting to and living in fear, just constantly dealing with fear all day, every day. And for me, a lot of it expressed as anger, resentment, regret, doubt, uh, worry, shame, and blame. That's how fear was showing up in my life. And it was just nonstop. It was very um, disheartening. And I have a very strong will. And if it wasn't for my very strong will, I, I would have given up. I literally, I did contemplate suicide at one point and decided that I just couldn't do that to my family. But I have to say, um, it was very attractive to me at one time. Uh, and uh, I'm glad that I didn't. I'm glad, so glad that I didn't give up because I have been able to connect with tens of thousands of people 
I don't even know how many thousands really through my radio show, my classes, and to support them in living a life of love. So it's amazing how beneficial one person can be when they're really willing to commit to interrupting the patterns of fear and not living a fearful life anymore. And for me, for a long time, it just felt impossible. I was studying spirituality literally for 20 years and still feeling like I was failing, still judging myself, still feeling like I was getting caught and uh, being dragged down by fear and worry and doubt and struggling financially, struggling in relationships, struggling and struggling. And again, like I said before, it was disheartening. It was discouraging. And I went through a long period of feeling very disillusioned. And now I can see that that was all part of my journey to disconnect from being identified as a body and being identified as a personality and to begin to identify more and more with my true self, my spirit self. So it all served a holy purpose. And now I find that when I teach classes like this, Seven Simple Steps for Interrupting the Patterns of Fear, that when people are listening, if they're really willing to get it, they get it, they can apply it, and they can have life-changing results. So many, many people have told me they've had life-changing results from this free class. And so I encourage you to take these seven simple steps, to write them down, and to start to use them on a daily basis because that's how you change your life. We don't change our life by listening to a class or reading a book. It's just how could those things ever change our lives? Sometimes people will say to me, Jennifer, you've changed my life so much. And I always say, well, I didn't change your life. I only have the power to change my life. However, I'm very happy that me changing my life and sharing about it has inspired you to change your life. So that that's my goal and my intention here is to help you to know that you can do it too. And, you know, over the years, I've worked with many people who felt desperate and afraid and suicidal. And uh, I've worked with many people who were chronically depressed for a decade or more. Chronically diagnosed on medication for a decade or more. I've worked with people who were severely abusing their body and alcohol and drugs and things like that. I've worked with so many different people in different situations who have been able to apply what I offer and profoundly change their life, their relationships, their health, and their wealth. And I'm inviting you to decide to do the same. So if you like what you hear in this class and you'd like to get more, towards the end of the class, I'm going to tell you about my Finding Freedom Spiritual Boot Camp class. So this class is an introduction to the kinds of teachings that I have in Finding Freedom. So I'll tell you all about that in case you're interested in continuing on and doing this work with me and 
transforming your life. Uh, one of the things about my Finding Freedom Boot Camp is I offer you step-by-step -step tools and tips that you can actually apply. So that's one of the things is you don't have to figure out what to do or how to do it, just have to do it. That's the thing about a boot camp is everything is given to you and you just have to do it. And for a lot of people, that's the ticket that really works for them because they can do it at their own pace and their own time. So let's begin with the seven simple steps. So the first one is to say fear has no power. So as soon as you notice you're afraid, declare fear has no power. So where's the power? There's only one power, and that is the power of love. That's the only power that there is. And why is love the power? Because love is all that there is. It's the only thing there is. It's the only thing that's real. Of course, a miracle says only love is real. So when we choose to be loving, whether it's with ourselves or with someone else, when we choose to be loving and express love, then we're healing our life. Because our true nature is love. Of course, the miracle says, teach only love, for that is what you are. So the thing for us to remember is that when we choose to be loving, when we're looking for the loving choices, then what happens to us is we are opening ourselves to that dynamic healing and dynamic So it's like a reboot, a restart when we choose love. And the more we choose love, the more healing that we have. And every day gives us thousands and thousands of opportunities to be loving. And we can train ourselves to getting some feedback here. Okay. Thank you. So we're training ourselves to be loving because when we're loving, then what happens is we are reclaiming our true identity. We're restarting ourselves. We are grateful and thankful to be loving because it really brings us back to our true identity, our true self. And that is what's healing. So fear has no power. Now it can seem like fear has a tremendous amount of power, can't it? It can feel like prayer is absolutely crippling to us. But the only reason why fear feels so powerful is because when we feel afraid and we make it real in our mind, we buy into it, we agree with it, we affirm that it's real. And the reasons we think we're afraid, we affirm them being real. Then what we're actually doing is we're placing our God power into the circumstances and the situations and the feelings and that's what makes them seem so real. 
So the only thing that's real is our loving heart, our true nature, our true identity. When we place our awareness on something, it seems more real. So no matter what it is, if we place our attention on it, if we place our belief in it, if we invest our belief in it, then it seems real to us and it seems powerful. And the only reason is, is because we've invested the only power there is, which is our loving attention, into whatever it is. So when we can withdraw our attention and say fear has no power, I have the power, God is the power, love is the power, I am one with God, my loving heart is powerful. Fear has no power. Fear has no power over my loving heart. I choose love. Then we're interrupting that pattern. Now, one of the things to understand about why interrupting the pattern is so powerful and so healing is this. We're habitual people. We just are. And so we tend to do the same things over and over again. We tend to, for instance, brush our teeth in the same way every t time we brush them. We, we tend to put on our clothes the same way. We don't change it up. You know, some people like to start with their socks and then go to the underwear. Some people like to start, you know, with the underwear and do the top part of the body. And then the, everybody's got their own way of doing it. But we tend to do things in a repetitive way. Because there's a sense of uh, security and safety of just doing the same repetitive things. You know, you just notice when you bathe yourself, you probably do it in the same way all the time. You don't mix it up. And so we get into these repetitive patterns. We do it in our lovemaking. We do it in our cooking and our eating and over and over again just repeating the same things. So we're energy beings. We're light. We're all naturally light beings. And so what we are forgetting is that because we're light beings, nothing can stick to us. So no label, nothing from this world can stick to us. We're light beings. Have you ever done this? Have you ever turned on a light? or just even the sunlight. Have you ever seen anybody affix anything to a light? No, you haven't because it's just not possible. What you can do is you can filter the light through something. You can put a shade over the light. You can put a gel over the light. You can do something to diffuse the light. And that's what we do when we think thoughts that aren't true, we dim the light. We're trying to shine our light through thoughts that aren't true. And that's why many people are not particularly successful, not particularly happy, not particularly healthy, not particularly feeling joy, is because they are trying to push their light through thoughts and beliefs that just aren't true. I call it pushing density. 
So when we're trying to work in the world of form, to change things in the world of form, it's usually because we think the world of form is either frightening us or it has the potential to make us happy. But it doesn't. It never will. It can't. Because the world of form is a projection of our mind. So the happiness has to be in the mind first in order to experience it in the world because what we see is what we're projecting. What we experience is what we're projecting. So we don't get what we want. We get what we're focused on. So when people are focused on fear, things get worse and worse and worse. We all already know that. But it's about interrupting the patterns of fear. So the first one is to say, fear has no power. I have the power. God has the power. Love has the power. I am aligned with one who has the power. I am here only to be truly helpful. This is the teaching of A Course in Miracles. I am here only to be truly helpful. And so we align with the real power. And then everything begins to shift. And we start to realize that what we thought was the power is not at all. Fear is not the power, nor will it ever be a power. It can't be a power. It has no power. So, because we're light beings, we can shine our light, which is our attention, into anything we desire. Where are you going to place your attention? Where will you place your attention? Hmm. So, with these habitual way of living our life, this is the way I like to think of it. I like to think of it like energy that's flowing in it, uh, like water. So, let's say you have a, a flat piece of land and you start flowing water over it. It's going to find the path of least resistance, right? And that's how rivers are formed. The water finds the path of least resistance across the land, right? It's going to look to run downhill. It's going to look to go around rocks and trees and um, between the cracks in the mountains and things like that. It's going to find the path of least resistance. And it's the same thing with our thought. So, if our thought is, it's a cruel world, I'm not capable, I don't have enough, something wrong with me, I'm fundamentally bad, I'm a loser, I'm stupid, um, I'm, uh, I'm, not loving enough, I'm not spiritual enough, I don't get it, this stuff doesn't work for me. Whatever these patterns of thought are that you believe, what you believe is the path of least resistance. So your true identity is perfect love, whole and complete, as holy as holy can be. You can't get any more holy. We're all emanations 
of God. We're all expressions of God. We're all part of the one mind, one life, one love. So you could say we're equal, but we're one. I prefer saying we're one to we're equal. We're all the same in spirit. So that's already true. That cannot be diminished or degraded. You can't be any more holy than you already are. But if you don't believe it, what you believe in your mind, in your heart, that's the path of least resistance in your life. And your energy is going to flow in that direction unless you interrupt the pattern. So if you interrupt the pattern and you just keep calling it back, so you start to feel afraid and you think you're afraid because of what's happening in the world, you remind yourself, fear has no power. The things of this world are not making me afraid. I feel afraid because I'm believing thoughts that aren't true. That's why I feel afraid. I'm going to change channels and redirect my energy towards the truth which is, I am whole, I am perfect, I am complete, I am abundant, I am prosperous, I am the love of God made visible in this world. I am here to only to be truth, truly helpful. I'm one with the one. So this is how we truly change our life, is we interrupt that pattern. And stop going with the path of least resistance. Remember, the path of least resistance is always going to be what you agree to, what you believe. So we're training our mind to look for the places when fear is driving our life. Interrupt that pattern. Fear has no power. I don't have to manage and cope with the circumstances of my life. I am choosing love, and love is choosing me. I'm turning on the light because I'm tired of living in density, in darkness. So that's the thing is we turn on the light of love. And just like if you had a piece of land where this river had been flowing for a very long time, if you redirect the energy of that river, it will form a new pathway. It will take a while to form that new pathway, but then the water will continue to flow down that new pathway. So we can redirect the river of our thought. We can educate ourselves and we can train ourselves to keep choosing love, to keep choosing peace, to keep choosing harmony. And thank God we can. Now, I'm going to tell you the second step, which makes things a lot easier. So the second step, simple step to interrupt the patterns of fear is be grateful. I am grateful. I am thankful. I am grateful and thankful that I remembered to be grateful. I'm grateful and thankful that I remembered fear has no power. I'm grateful and thankful I remembered to... Send the energy in a new direction. I am grateful and thankful for an opportunity to make a new choice. We can find many reasons to be grateful. When we're grateful, what it does is it lifts your vibration. 
And when your vibration is lifted, you can hear and know and feel and see more clearly the divine guidance and inspiration that can support you in making a new loving choice. So you don't have to keep going down that old same river. In fact, I call that old energy flow the pain train, getting on the pain train. And we all know what that feels like. You are going along in your life and then you get triggered by something and it's an opportunity to interrupt the pattern of fear. It's an opportunity to make a new choice, but maybe you don't notice that in the beginning. So the train gets on, comes in your station, the train of thought, the fear train of thought arrives in the station of your mind, and without thinking, you get on it because it's so familiar. It's like if suddenly you were going to take a new way to work, you forget <laughs> you you forget sometimes you go the old way oh i forgot i um i've just been spending some time in uh our family has a house in maine on deer isle maine and um getting it ready to rent this summer if anybody wants a lovely vacation on an island in maine just let me know and uh so one of the things that happened in the last couple of years was my my father and my stepmother, they um, did some changes in the kitchen, and they moved the silverware drawer. And I was just there for three weeks, and there was not one day that I didn't go to the old silverware drawer and went, oh, <laughs> because I'm, it's habitual, you see. It's habitual. So interrupting the patterns of fear, it works. It breaks the habit. It really does. So gratitude is the best habit breaker. It really is. Because when we can change our tune, we go from being afraid and miserable to, hey, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that something is happening here. I realized I was triggered, and I am grateful I remember to be grateful. I'm grateful I can interrupt the patterns of fear. I am grateful that I'm never alone. I'm grateful that spirit is always with me to lead and guide me. I am grateful that I can lift my vibration with gratitude. And when our vibration is lifted with the gratitude, then again we can see and hear and feel and know more clearly that our false beliefs are simply not true. Yes. So... These two steps, fear has no power, being grateful, we can do them in seconds. does not take any length of time. You can do it in 15 seconds and do it well. Think how much time and energy and money you have spent, I have spent, invested in managing and coping with fear and making it real. When in seconds we can interrupt the pattern. And if we do it often enough, the pattern will change. The energy will flow in the new direction. So the third step is to choose love. To choose love. And so one of the best ways I know to do this is to call the name of God. Okay, so we call the angels in the name of God. 
Beloved, I am that I am, higher Holy Spirit self, we call the name of God. This is how we're doing it. We're calling the name of God. You can just say, God. That's it. You can just say God. So this actually is the partnering up stage. Partnering up is the third stage. So I like to uh, call the name of God. And by saying, I am that I am. And there's a wonderful quote from A Course in Miracles about calling the name of God. And it's from Lesson 183. And many people don't even know it. and But it's one of my all-time favorites. And um, it says that... Um, I just had it here. Give me one second. I will find it. Um. <laughs> uh. Here we go. God's name cannot be heard without response, nor said without an echo in the mind that calls you to remember. Say God's name and you invite the angels to surround the ground on which you stand and spread out their wings to keep you safe and shelter you from every worldly thought that would intrude upon your holiness. Again, this is Workbook Lesson 183. Call the name of God. So, now, I think a lot of people read this lesson and they think, oh, that just sounds so poetic and nice. No, he's giving us instruction here. So first of all, if you've ever read uh, Course in Miracles' Song of Prayer, you know that A Course in Miracles teaches that when we pray, the best prayer that we can pray, the most effective prayer that we can pray, is to surrender our belief in the problem and to surrender thinking that we need anything. That's the most effective prayer that we can offer. It's an offering prayer where we're offering our problems, our resentments, our worry, our fear, our doubt, our shame, our blame. That is the most effective prayer. And what it says in A Course in Miracles is that God will respond with an echo in the mind. So it says here, God's name cannot be heard without response. So we call God's name, we will get a response. God's name cannot be said without an echo in the mind that calls to you to remember. So when we say God, higher Holy Spirit self, you could say Abba, you could say Mother, Father, God, you can say Beloved, I am that I am. However you would like to call the name of God does not matter. It will, the mind of God will respond with an echo in your mind that calls you to remember your true identity. This is a fail-safe plan. A fail-safe plan. It works every time. Because when we call to God, then we're remembering, I'm not separate from God. I'm worthy of love. I'm worthy of healing. I'm worthy of peace. I'm worthy of 
perfection and wholeness. I am worthy of beauty. When we call the name of God, we are declaring, I am worthy. And the only problem we have in this world is that we've been sending all our energy down the river of, I am not worthy. So just by calling the name of God, we are declaring energetically that we are worthy. So we're partnering up, partnering up with God. And it says here, say God's name and you invite the angels to surround the ground on which you stand and spread out their wings to keep you safe and shelter you from every worldly thought that would intrude upon your holiness. So when we call God, when we say God's name, the angels will surround us and they'll spread out their wings and they'll sing to us in order to help us to stay focused on choosing love, on choosing peace, on choosing harmony, on choosing abundance, on choosing health and freedom and creativity and beauty and truth and wisdom and purity and clarity. How wonderful that as soon as we call the name of God, the angels, bam, they're there. They're running interference with the ego mind which is what he means when he says, and shelter you from every worldly thought that would intrude upon your holiness. I, I tell you, I share this with longtime course students, and they're like, what? How did I miss that? People think when Jesus talks about angels in A Course of Miracles that he's not really meaning angels, but he is. He's telling us, get the angels to help you and surround you and enfold you and it works. One of the things that people tell me all the time from taking my Finding Freedom class is that they say, you know, I took Finding Freedom and I just decided to try what you were talking about and start asking the angels for help and calling the name of God. And oh my God, my life changed so much. So much, so much. What does it cost you? Um, Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. So you see, right here, we've interrupted the patterns of fear three ways. Fear has no power. I'm grateful. Call the name of God. The angels surrounding me now. If you just do those three steps, your whole life will change. But it's about doing them and being committed to doing them again and again and again and not giving up. When you forget to do them, you realize you got on the pain train, you took it all the way to Margaritaville, and now you've got a hangover from it. Interrupt the pattern of fear right then. Fear has no power. I'm grateful to learn. I'm a lifelong learner. I'm always learning every day. I'm calling the name of God now. And angels, please surround me. Please assist me and support me in knowing, in hearing, in feeling. The name of God is my name. So grateful. So grateful. Yes. I love it. I love it. It's so life-changing. Oh, my goodness. 
So, you know, one of the ways that I learned this about partnering up and uh, which will lead me into the next step, which is to choose love, to choose healing, to choose the only power that there is. So we, we make a new choice now. We will start looking for the loving choice. So um, I learned to pray, and I've had years of training in prayer as a science of mind practitioner from the Agape community founded by Michael Beckwith uh, and as a minister. So between training to be a minister and a practitioner, I did nine years of training. And a lot of that was prayer training. I have done, I don't even know how many prayers and, and studied prayer to really understand it and to be able to teach effective prayer, which is one of the main things that people learn in my Finding Freedom class that's so life-changing for them, is to learn and use effective prayer. And my first experience with praying for myself was this. I became frightened by something. I don't remember what it was now. Probably was something to do with money, and I was very afraid. And I just, it was horrible. Not that I had never been afraid. Of course, I had been afraid most of my life, but this was really gut wrenching. And um, and I've had times when I was so afraid, I just spontaneously threw up. I don't know if you've ever had that, but I've had that. And. Um, Oh, it's awful to live in fear. It's just, it's no way to live, and it's completely without benefit. That's except you learn. You learn that's no way to live. So I definitely learned that's no way to live. And that the fact that I learned it so well, and the quality of my life has changed so much, is why I'm compelled to do these free classes, and to do classes like my Finding Freedom Boot Camp. So. In uh, my experience, what happened was I was so afraid, I didn't know what to do, and it came into my mind to pray. It came into my mind to pray, which I didn't know what to pray or how to pray. So I had seen when I was growing up, and we spent a lot of time at my grandparents' house, my grandparents had this um, picture on the wall and it showed a little kid kneeling at the foot of their bed and making prayers. And it said, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray my soul, I pray the Lord my soul to keep. And um, so that image came in my mind and I went to the foot of my bed and I kneeled down and I put my head on the bed and I, this was my prayer. Help me now. That was my prayer. Help me now. Help me. Just that. Help me. And I said out loud, help me. And then I said, I will do whatever I'm guided to do, but I will not live in fear. I won't do it. And within about an hour, I got clarity about what to do. I got the echo in my mind of what to do and I did it. And 
within an hour of that prayer, I was no longer afraid. I was concerned. I was definitely concerned and worried, and, but I wasn't in that crippling place of fear. And when the echo came in my mind, I wasn't a course student at the time, but I just knew, oh, this is what I'm to do. This is my answered prayer. I followed the guidance and I did it. I don't even remember what it was, but I remember that made me go, hmm, I think prayer works. I need to know more about prayer. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I've i learned a lot about prayer since then. So the thing about prayer, like it's a form of partnering up. In my prayers, I'm always grateful. And it's about the choosing love, choosing the healing, choosing abundance, choosing prosperity, choosing freedom. So often when people are afraid, they don't even realize that they're not choosing the way out. They're only validating what they think is the problem. But the problem is never in the world. The problem is in the mind. All healing is at the level of the mind. This is what A Course in Miracles teaches us. So uh, we can have amazing success in healing when we look to work at the level of the mind. In fact, in A Course in Miracles, one of my favorite quotes is very clear about this. It says, your task is not to seek for love, but merely to seek and find all the barriers within yourself that you have built against it. Your task is not to seek for love, but merely to seek and find all the barriers within yourself that you've built against it. So this stage four, this fourth step of interrupting the patterns of fear is to choose love, which is healing. To choose love is to choose the only power that there is. To choose love breaks the pattern of not choosing love because all fear is a result of not choosing love. When we're afraid, every single time we're afraid, we're only ever afraid for one reason. Only ever for one reason. We have a false idol. That false idol can be a judgment, it can be an opinion, and it usually is. And sometimes we have false idols on top of false idols. So we start thinking that our financial situation is ruining our life or that it's desperate times and then we just build one judgment after another, after another, after another on top of that, affirming our beliefs. And so managing and coping with financial situations is not the way to solve them. We solve everything at the level of the mind. And then it's amazing how things work out and take care of themselves. So one of the things I teach in my classes is to really change your tune. So if you're feeling afraid about something, start affirming what you'd like. Not what you want or need. Because... When we're 
choosing wanting, well, then we're just, affirm, we're just affirming lack. We don't want the things we have. So whenever we're wanting and wanting, we're just affirming that we don't have it. But if we say, oh, I'd really like to have this, I'd really love to have that, what we're affirming is that we're open, we're receptive, we're available, we're willing, and that it's possible. I'd love to have this. I'd like to have that. The universe will never deny us anything. Only we can deny ourselves things by focusing on what we don't want. If you're experiencing extreme unhappiness of any kind, just start writing down all your thoughts, and you will notice that they are not happy thoughts. And so like attracts like. So you're drawing to you more of the same. It's about changing the tune. It's really about interrupting these patterns of fear. Now, one of the things that people are challenged with is their feelings. And I get that. So I'm going to talk about that here. And I'd like to remind you that I'm going to do some live coaching for people who are on the phone. So I'm inviting you, if you are um, uh, on the web, listening on the web, and you have a question, see if you can come in on the phone and ask your question. So um, I, I love doing the live coaching. I love being able to support people and making a shift. This is one of the best things about my Finding Freedom class is with my Finding Freedom class, you get 90 days of my weekly spiritual counseling calls, 90 days. And you can ask me any question in those calls. And people ask the best questions. And you can listen to everybody else, too. And if you can't be there live, you can submit a question in writing or you can um, uh yeah, you can just submit it in writing, and then you can listen to the download later. How cool is that? So I love doing those. We we deal with a lot of deep stuff. So you can get your personal questions answered by me and get some real counseling on a weekly basis, if you like. It's amazing. I love those calls. So when you're feeling upset, when the feelings are not happy, what most people do is they go right into managing and coping and or self-medicating, which is a form of managing and coping. So that's not a strategy for healing, managing, coping, medicating. These are not strategies for healing. So this is why in my Finding Freedom class, we focus on healing. Let's heal these things back to the root cause. Let's heal the false belief that's showing up as the problem. Let's heal it at the root to have new fruit. And it works. People are amazed at how quickly they can change their life when they're really willing to go all in with interrupting the patterns of fear. So feeling the feelings is, for many, a new thing to really just say, okay, what is this feeling? What is it about? And because 
healing is an expression of energy. One of my favorite parts of A Course in Miracles is in the fear and conflict section. Uh, Jesus is so clear, so helpful. This is in Chapter 2. So he says that it's hard to believe that thought and belief combine into a power surge that can literally move mountains. There are no idle thoughts. All thinking produces form at some level. So the form that our thinking produces when we're afraid is that feeling. And then if we keep energizing it, then it creates form in terms of our situations, our circumstances, our finances, our relationships. But in back of every single thing that we experience or see in this world of form is thought. Thought is the original cause of everything that we see. It's that filter. We're taking the power of God, sending it through the filter of our thought, projecting it onto the screen of our world. So the world of form is our emotions, our feelings, our situations, our circumstances, our relationships, and our thoughts. So what I'm inviting you to do is to interrupt the pattern of the old thought in order to make way for the new thought. So we're changing our tune here. So thought and belief combined into a power surge that can literally move mountains. Now people read that and they, or they're like, yeah, I know that's true. But then if they knew it was true, why would they be managing and coping with their problems? If they knew that thought and belief combine into a power surge that can literally move mountains, why would they be struggling in their finances? Why would they be struggling in their life? Why would they be struggling with their body issues if they knew the thought and belief combined into a power that can literally move mountains. It can heal the body. It can heal your finances. It can heal your relationship. I see people do it all the time in my classes. All the time. But having this information isn't healing. Information isn't healing. One of the major errors that I made for a long time, like 20 years, was... I was reading and studying, reading lots of books, listening to lots of audios, going to many retreats, many workshops, many lectures, many classes, and I just kept collecting more and more information without applying very much of it. My life was definitely improving, and I was meeting a lot of great people, uh, many of whom are still my, my prayer partners to this day. But I wasn't having the healing that I thought I ought to be able to have. And I 
kept thinking, gosh, I'm doing so much work. I'm putting so much effort into this, reading these books and listening to these audios. I'm like nonstop doing this. Why am I not more successful at eliminating these problems? Why am I still struggling with finances? Why am I still having problems in my relationships? Why do I still feel badly about my body? Why do I still not have my ideal job? Why, 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 why? I was doing so much. Why wasn't it working for me? And personally, I felt spiritually incompetent. I secretly believed, you know what? I think this stuff works better for other people than it does for me. I think there's really something unfixably wrong with me because intellectually I get all of this but for some reason it's not working for me and I just don't get why it's not really working for me I honestly believe that this stuff can miraculously heal people's lives but why isn't it doing that for me well I found out why and the answer is because I wasn't applying it not really, not fully. I wasn't. And it was when I made the decision to fully, really go all in and commit myself. I made the decision to commit myself, to go all in. Then things began to change. Then I began to receive the tips and tools that I'm now sharing with you. And things got a lot more clear, and I really worked it like a boot camp. So my Finding Freedom Boot Camp, I'm giving you what I used that changed my life. And I worked it rigorously. I really did. And every day I fell down. Every day I had failures. Every day. And I just said, nope, I'm a learner. I'm a lifelong learner. Here I go again. I'm going to love myself back up on my feet and start again. And I just kept rebooting over and over again every day by using these simple steps that I'm sharing with you right now. So I went from feeling spiritually stupid, feeling unhappy, struggling with money, struggling in my relationships, and feeling fundamentally bad about myself to now I feel successful, now I feel happy, now life is pretty easy for me in a lot of ways. I mean, I I expend a lot of energy uh, doing all these classes, but it's not painful. It's I enjoy it very much, and I'm I'm not suffering. And while I'm not getting rich by a long shot um, I don't own a home or anything like that but I I feel prosperous I feel abundant and I do have everything that I need and I feel good about that and I am not worried about the future and I'm not worried about things and even when things happen in my life in my ministry in my experience where it seems like oh that's not what I was hoping for oh, this feels like this could be really challenging. My response is, well, must be for my good. Everything works together for my good. 
So on the surface, this looks really challenging. There has to be a boatload of good loaded into this monkey because, oh my goodness, it's so challenging. It must have super duper deluxe amounts of good. And I am here to receive them. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for things just as they are because I know everything is working together for my good. And I mean it. I mean it. So I'm literally much more likely to be annoyed or irritated or frustrated by I can't get the drawer open than by the major challenges that I sometimes experience. And honest to God, I think that's really cool because when I can't get the drawer open, I can just relax. I call the name of God and the angels help me pop that monkey right open. So it's a very different way of living from how I used to live. I, I, how I used to live was I hate that drawer. You know, I would rather break the drawer and have the power to break the drawer and show that drawer what I think of it. Seriously, I was so angry so much of the time. I would take my anger out on so many things. And I was very passive-aggressive and um, sarcastic. I could be very unkind. And I don't feel that way anymore. Taking a sip of my tea here. So, feeling the feelings. And do this. Well, ask what it's for. Huh, I'm feeling so sad right now. What's it for? Everything works together for my good. What's this sadness for? Hmm. Now remember, if you really want to have a healing with your feelings, got to do the other stages first. Be grateful. Fear has no power. The emotions have no power. I'm partnered up. I'm not going it alone. I'm choosing love. Now I'm prepped to be able to feel my feelings. So... Feeling the feelings, asking what's it for, knowing that it has to be something helpful is so different. Because if we are denying our feelings, if we're medicating our feelings, that only increases the fear, right? It's getting on the pain train, then we have the hangover, then we feel badly about ourselves, we did the same old thing, what am I going to learn, I never learn, now we're berating ourselves, we're making it worse. Instead, let's face our feelings with the higher Holy Spirit self, because emotions are temporary, they don't last. It's when we deny things that they last. Course in Miracles tells us that if we're feeling depressed, it's because we are feeling deprived. But the only one that can deprive us is ourselves. So we can stop depriving ourselves. And we might not, if you're feeling depressed, you might not understand how it is that you're depriving yourself. Do the stages. Fear has no power. Depression has no power. I am grateful. 
I'm partnering up, calling the angels and the, using the name of God to call upon the planetary hierarchy, the company of heaven, all the beings of wisdom and light from the fifth dimension and above, calling them all here to support me now. I'm choosing my healing now. I'm sharing the benefits with everyone now. I'm never alone. I am one with the one. You know, in fact, one of the things that Jesus tells us in A Course in Miracles is that we're never alone. And I love that. He says to us in the Course, when I said, I am always with you, I meant it literally. I am not absent to anyone in any situation because I am always with you you are the way, the truth, and the life. I am with you always. He says, I meant it literally. I am not absent to anyone in any situation. So why not call for divine support and assistance? We don't have to go it alone. But you'll notice when you feel afraid, you're thinking you're on your own. You're thinking you're alone and you've got to figure it out and you don't have the tools and here it is again and now I'm so afraid, I'm so worried. You see how repetitive it is? So repetitive. We're not meant to live the same thing over and over again. We are meant to experience profound creativity. Profound. Now, another thing that, about the feelings here that Jesus tells us in A Course in Miracles is the feelings are extremely helpful to us because they indicate when our thinking is not correct. So anytime we're thinking something that's not actually true, we're going to be upset. And it doesn't matter whether we're raging, hysterical, or profoundly depressed or mildly irritated. In all cases, when we're not feeling harmonious and peaceful, it's because we're choosing to believe something that's not actually true. So when we partner up, when we choose love, when we're grateful, when we interrupt the patterns of fear, then we're opening ourselves to a revelation of truth. And it does set us free. So Jesus says, if I took away from you those feelings of fear, how would you know when you're thinking thoughts that aren't true? If you didn't feel the upset, you'd be stuck in hell forever. Because for many of us, I know for me, the upset is the motivator to do something different. So what I found is that used to be the motivator was always the pain pushing me. The pain was always pushing me to make a choice, make a new choice, make a loving choice, interrupt the patterns of my mind. Now I'm much more pulled by a vision of love, a vision of creativity, a vision of clarity and purity than pushed by the pain. 
So the vision's always pulling us. But for many people, pain is the real motivator. Just think about it. Contemplate it for a moment here. How often do you motivate yourself with pain? A lot of people do it all the time. I certainly did. Because I would say things to myself like, you better do that or I'm going to berate you. <laughs> right? The ego would berate me for not doing things. So the motivation was to skip that all those attack thoughts. So often I was motivated to do the things I was doing, obsessively doing, compulsively doing, trying to get out ahead of the judgment and to avoid judging myself. So I was doing, 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 trying to get everything right and perfect so I wouldn't be judged. But who was judging me? I was judging me. That's why I say the judger always feels judged. So instead, we can be proactive and start to cultivate the mind that is pulled by the vision. It's a very different way of living to be pushed by the pain or to be pulled by the vision. So both are happening all the time and we can really change the balance to mostly being pulled by a vision. I know because that is what I have done. So feelings don't last. Feel the feelings and ask, what's the pain for? Whenever something's not going your way, just say, hmm, how is this helping me? Because you'll find if you're willing to know the answer to that, you will. Because everything is truly helpful in this world. And that that's one of the most often quoted uh, sayings in A Course in Miracles is um, from uh, Lesson 135, which is, uh, I just had it here. I was like to. Oh, here it is. What could you not accept if you but knew that everything that happens, all events, past, present, and to come, are gently planned by one whose only purpose is your good? That's Workbook Lesson 135, Paragraph 18. What could you not accept if you knew that everything that happens, all events, past and present, and to come, are gently planned by one whose only purpose is your good. So this is why I decided to take Jesus and believe him and start to say, everything's planned for my good. I don't know what everything is for, except it's for my good. So, and I started to ask, hmm, I wonder what this is for. Like, oh, this is to teach me patience. Oh, this is to give me an opportunity to be compassionate. Oh, this is an opportunity to release the judgment. Because whenever we're triggered, it's an opportunity to learn. Don't miss the opportunity by making the trigger real. So we think we're triggered because someone just scraped up our car. And they didn't even leave us a note. That's not why we're triggered. We're triggered because we believe in scarcity. 
We're triggered because we're judging whoever did that. We're triggered because we're judging ourselves for not listening to our guidance because our guidance said not to park there and to park someplace else. But this was a little bit closer, so we did park here. See, there's always some judgment involved that's creating the upset every time, every single time. So the next stage, number six, is to surrender all the attachments. And that's what... Um, hmm. Uh, my assistant is telling me that I dropped off. Oh, and I came back. Okay, so I'll just um, reiterate that last thing there. So I was saying that every time that we're upset, every time we're annoyed, it's because there's a judgment, because there's an opinion. Those judgments and opinions are the cause of all the upset. It's how we hold things in this world. So even when somebody does something you don't like and it feels really gnarly and nasty and you want to judge and blame and you're getting more upset and more upset, you're not upset because of what happened. Truly, the things of this world are not upsetting. It's the thoughts we think about them that are upsetting. I've, I've, I've shifted so much that I really know this now. And that's the only way you can really get it, is to be willing to practice and experience it. So every time you think you're upset, just know this need not be. That's what Jesus tells us in A Course in Miracles. Every time you're upset, just know this need not be. You can drop the judgment. And what I say is the judger always feels judged, the attacker always feels attacked, and the lover always feels beloved. Which would you like to feel? You get to decide how you're going to feel. The beloved or the attacker, or the judger. You get to decide. The lover always feels beloved. That's my choice. So when I notice there's a choice, there's an opportunity to choose judgment and attack thoughts, I prefer to feel beloved. It's my preference. So I choose my preference. So one of the things that you can do in terms of feeling your feelings is start to notice, do you like negative feelings for these reasons? Sometimes people like the specialness of it. I'm so miserable. I'm so hopeless. It makes me special. I can't get my specialness from excelling at anything wonderful, so I'm going to excel at being miserable, and therein lies my specialness. The ego will do that. It's it's intense. I've been there, done that. And so another thing that we can do is we feel powerful because we're so upset. We feel alive because we're so upset. It's a false sense of power, but it is something that people choose. Another thing is people will torment others with their moods. And they will 
vomit their feelings all over other people and control and manipulate them with the threat of their feelings. I've done that too, a lot of that. And so then we are in controlling and manipulating and it's only going to lead to a heck of a lot more misery. A heck of a lot more misery. So uh, the sixth step is surrender all attachments. So we've got here, fear has no power, be grateful, partner up, choose love, feel the feelings, surrender all attachments. So attachments are your judgments and opinions, and attachments cause suffering every time. All attachments cause suffering. Now, one of the things is, is many people struggle to forgive, to forgive themselves and to forgive others. What true forgiveness is, is to release your opinions and judgments, to release the meaning that you made of things, to release your interpretation of it, to let that go. Because what it does is it tethers you to the world of density and darkness. That's what opinions and judgments do. That's what unforgiveness does. That's what blame and shame and regret and resentment do. I used to make what I call resentment stew. I just keep adding agreements. Oh, and another thing I don't like about you. And another thing that bothers me about this job. And another thing, and another thing, and another thing. Until I was just worked up into a real misery. And then I would just self-medicate. with Alcohol, cigarettes, food, television, talking on the phone, telling the same story to everybody who would be willing to listen did all of that. So we surrender all the attachments. And I love the Course in Miracles lesson. It's just so beautiful. It just tells us, I don't know what anything is for. I don't know what anything is for, but I'd like to. I don't know what anything is for, but it's for my good. That lesson changed my life. It helped me so much. So we surrender the attachments. And when we do... Then we can harvest the learning from our experience. When we surrender the attachments, then we can know the truth that sets us free. Then there's room for the answered prayer to arrive in our mind. It's so helpful. And stage number seven, the tip number seven, the simple step is share the benefits with everyone because you're one with them. So our ultimate healing here is when we're unified in our awareness with the one life. So when we know we're one with everyone and we see no sense of separation, then we are healed. That's our salvation. So when we share the benefits of our healing, of our expansion, of our choosing love, of our interrupting the patterns of fear, then we're acknowledging the oneness, we're valuing the oneness, and we're practicing trust. We're having faith. And trust and faith change your life profoundly. So oneness is the ultimate healing. And 
sharing the benefits with everyone, just doing that again and again. Let anyone else who's struggling with this problem have a healing too. I'm praying for myself. I'm taking loving action for myself. And let everyone benefit from the choices I'm making. So instead of adding more and more negativity into the world, we're adding beautiful positivity and we're sharing the healing, adding the healing. It's beautiful. It's transformative. It's healing. Healing, healing. So those are the seven simple steps. And I would love to uh, do some live coaching uh, with people who are on the phone. And then I'm also going to tell you about my Finding Freedom Boot Camp class. And in fact, um, when I did this Seven Simple Steps last year, there was a woman on the line who um, raised her hand to share. And she was in Finding Freedom at the time. And I have... Um, I have the little clip of her audio, and I'd actually like to play that now while you're considering if you have uh, something you'd like to bring up on the phone. And if you do, if you'd like to do the live counseling with me, uh, if you're on the phone, on your keypad, you can, or if you call in on Skype, you can um, press star 2, star 2 to uh, raise your hand, and then I'll call on you and we'll do some counseling to support you right now. So first, I'm going to play this little clip from uh, last year, and here we go. I'd like for you to meet Christy, who's currently taking Finding Freedom. She just started in June, so she's in the middle of her 90-day experience, but I'd like you to hear from someone who's really applying these tools, someone who's like you and who's doing the work and seeing the results. So, um, Christy, I think this is you raising your hand here. Hi, how are you? I'm so good. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thanks. So thank you for being willing to share something about your experience. So let me ask you a couple of questions. When yeah. you When you started Finding Freedom, what is it you really hoped to get out of the class? How were you feeling? I was just bottomed out. I felt numb. I, I almost felt like um, I needed someone to just tell me what to do every single day. I, I, I really just needed a step-by-step -step guide that made it simple because I tend to overanalyze. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's me. See, like attracts like. <laughs> no, really. I used to overanalyze everything, and and then I I just would be crippled by it. Yes, I felt paralyzed. I was in a state of depression. I felt numbed out, um, and I would say I was cycling in and out of periods of depression, um, probably situational depression. But I really couldn't get a grip on what it meant to be happy. I had set up external conditions for happy, being thin, being rich, being happily married, and having a great career. I can't be happy unless I have those four things, and everything has to be shiny and sparkly. And I just felt like I was chasing impossibility. I felt hollow, and um, I was really, I mean, your story about just saying, help me now, that's 
that's really where I was. And I, I, I do feel that it was um, divine synchronicity that I came across your radio show on Unity FM and was doing a lot of driving throughout the southeast. And really the minute I started listening to you, something resonated deeply. I must have listened to 15 or 20 hours of your radio show programs, your archived programs. And when when I saw that you had Finding Freedom, a spiritual boot camp coming up for enrollment, I thought, you know what, I this is it. Like something just clicked the way you described it. And it has been tremendous. And so what is the actual difference that you're you're feeling? Like you, you just wrote, uh, we have our uh, Finding Freedom Facebook group where we ask for prayers and we share what's going on, our ahas, our insights, our challenges. And um, what what would you say that you're noticing are tangible, really tangible results that you're having in your life now? Well, yeah, I shared today, and it's so rare for me to share on Facebook, but in the Finding Freedom Facebook group, there's just a sense of, I mean, I never share anything personal on Facebook. I'm an attorney, and so I am I have all this paranoid thinking about putting stuff out there, but I shared in the group today that I'm just having these electrifying moments of hope that I'm waking up from a nightmare that my ego created. And, you know, I'm 46, and... When I was 22, I started studying A Course in Miracles. I only studied it for two years before I went into law school. really created just um, a a chaotic lifestyle for myself as a litigator, was never at peace. And and I've been through every single self-help program. I even became a certified life coach in 2012 thinking, well, I'll just go pro with self-improvement, positive development, you know, working on my mind. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. After eight after eight weeks of doing Finding Freedom every single day, I love the Mastery Journal, the tools. I'm using almost every single one of them every day. I, I love being able to turn to the prayers inside and, and to have that accountability. The videos are amazing. Listening to the class audios again and again, and I'm just like a thirsty sponge. And I'm I, I will say that I'm calmer. I feel a sense of hope that I'm not living in, you know, in a rat race. And my major issue has been self-hatred, self-loathing. I, I kept, kept feeling like, oh, I've really, I've really screwed up my whole life. And there's just, there is a sense that you are peeling off layers, that you are like breaking the chains and becoming free. It's hard to put into words, but. I love analogies, and one analogy is that I feel like I'm standing inside of a basket in a hot air balloon, and the balloon is just rising higher and higher, and I'm getting a better and better, more beautiful perspective, and I'm remembering who I really am, and and it's not the ego. So this, I would say that in Finding Freedom, it's all of the tools and more, and, and you just apply them. You're just... Little by little, day by day, I have that sense of excitement that I, it doesn't feel like drudgery. It feels like I can't wait to see what my daily affirmation is. I can't wait to see what my lesson is. You know, what am I going to do here to free myself? There's just a sense of excitement. 
Beautiful. Thank you so much. Because I, I think it's really valuable, Christy, for people to hear from someone who's having the experience, real person, and everybody has their own unique experience. So sometimes people take the class and they might listen to everything, watch all the videos before they open the workbook and start to do any of the work. And some people will uh, just go step by step through the workbook. Um, but what I know is if you follow the steps, it really does lead you into experiencing more and more freedom. And uh, I hear you saying that that's been your experience. Yes, absolutely. So I'm so grateful. It, I mean, it's one of those things where it it is helping me establish a whole new way of being. Uh, I had to go spend eight days in uh, on a family vacation with um, ten family members in a cabin, and I thought, <laughs> oh, there's no way I'm going to be able to make it through this. So many things came up for healing, and I I had my mastery journal with me the whole time, so it was wonderful. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that because, you know, when I first did the Finding Freedom class, I called it Family Freedom. That was back in 2008 because I had so much healing in my family. And uh, then I changed the name to fam Finding Freedom because then it just opened it up to more people who had different kinds of issues. And I, I realized, well, it applies to everything. But I think that that's one of the greatest benefits for a lot of people who – take the Finding Freedom class, and even who just do the seven simple steps of interrupting the patterns of fear, is that they can have a different experience with their family. And they they can do the work themselves and realize that, oh, my God, if I change my mind, the world really does change, including my family. Mm -hmm. Yes, that was my experience. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with me now and to share uh, with the group. I really appreciate it, Christy. You're so welcome. Okay. So now we are going to do some live counseling here, live coaching, whatever you'd like to call it. <laughs> and we Again, I'll just remind you, if you're on the phone, I can uh, call on you and raise your hand with a star two. So we've got someone raising their hand here. Um, I don't know, it doesn't say anything here, but the last four numbers of the phone are 7765. So I'm going to unmute you. Hey there. Hi. Can you hear me? Hi. Yes. Hi. Hi. Uh, hi, Jennifer. Okay, sorry, I'm feeling a bit emotional. Yeah, take your time. That's okay. Thanks for taking my question. Mm -hmm. So, I have a question. I'm struggling with a relationship. Mm -hmm. I listen to your radio show regularly, mm -hmm. and um, after listening to some of the recent ones on relationship holy relationships, I decided to give this relationship over to the Holy Spirit and yes. because there were a lot of challenges in it. And since within about two days, um, this very lovely man uh, broke off all contact with me and 
um, it's really bringing up a lot of anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, your your teaching is really, I have to say, it's helping so much. Mm. Um, I'm finding it easier to get through this. This has happened in previous relationships. Mm. And I really want this to be the last time. Yeah. But my question is, I feel like I'm giving this over to the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. almost every few minutes of the day. Yes. yes. Is this going, is this going to get easier? Yes. Is this? Yes, it is. Yes. Do I just keep oh, going? Yes. Because at the moment it feels like it's so much effort. Yes. Every few minutes, uh, I feel. It is. I feel. I pray. I feel relief. I really do, and it comes yep. back. Yes. I I get it. I totally understand. Uh, What's your first name? Claire. 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 One of my favorite names. Um, So I can so relate to you. And this is really one of the ways I learned what I'm sharing today in this class. So I had a relationship challenge that was just... It was literally, I would say it was just about the most difficult time in my life in in a very real way. And um, I was so attached in this relationship. And I was so judging this man that I was involved with and judging myself too. And I, the attachments were so strong because I really was bringing up for healing the attachment to my own false identity, false identities of me as a woman, as an attractive woman, of how to be in a relationship and what's good and right and wrong, all of these identifications where I really thought I knew what was right and wrong, what was good and bad. And so when I was doing this work that we're talking about here, Claire, I would literally lie on the floor in my living room as a form of saying, I'm totally surrendering my attachment. And I would lie there with tears running into my ears and just just, I'm giving it up. Let everyone else have a healing. Everyone that has this, let us all have a healing. Let no one ever suffer this again. And I would surrender so deeply. And then I literally would get up and I would walk two steps. And the thought in my mind would be, that son of a bitch, if he ever... And I would just think, oh my God, I can't even, I can't even get 30 seconds. 30 seconds of relief from my judgment. And what I had the presence of mind to realize at the time, and it came because of my willingness. It came because of my prayer practice. It came because I had decided I am not going to suffer like this anymore. I've made the decision. Whatever it takes, I'm all in. So what I realized was, While I was laying on the floor, crying and all that, surrendering, I wasn't 100% sincere. And what I've learned is it really is, we don't even have to get to 100%. If we can just be 51% sincere, then we're 
the door to the healing is open because we're more interested in the love than, than the judgment. So it just, we have to get to that tipping point of 51%. And so, because once we get to 51%, then the energy, every, everything works and it raises us up. And it's miraculous how it works. But we do have to get ourselves to that 51% by doing all these things that I'm talking about here today. So that's the place for you to recognize is you still have attachments to whatever the painful thoughts are. So do you want to just share one of them? Uh, yeah, I mean... I think I just don't want to be alone. Yeah. I, and um, So remember how I'm really I, af I afraid of that all the time? Yeah. So remember how I quoted from A Course in Miracles where Jesus says, I am always with you. You're never alone. Yeah. And he, he says that in the Course. He says, it's not possible for anyone to ever be alone. You can believe you're alone, you can think you're alone, but you will never actually ever be alone because Jesus is always with us, the angels are always there. We just have to open ourselves to receive. Now, I get that, that you or someone else might be thinking, yeah, but it's not the same as having someone to snuggle with. It's not the same as having someone to do the laundry. And it's not the same as someone to help pay the bills and all that. But the thing is, is if we're feeling alone and we keep thinking we're alone, by our thoughts, it will never change. Yeah. Because we're affirming. We're in that the path of least resistance is to affirm what we don't want and bring more of it to our door. So start affirming, I'm always supported. I'm always guided. I'm always directed. I'm always in the company of angels. I'm always in the company of heaven. I'm always with ascended masters like Jesus. I'm always getting guidance and support and love and help from the visible and the invisible. And then you'll be surprised how people start showing up who would like to share their life with you. That's really comforting. Thanks. I'm going to do that. You are. Yes. <laughs> great. Thank you. Thanks, Jennifer. Yes. Bye. God bless you, Claire. Yes. All right. And we've got someone here. It says they're in San Jose. Number ends in uh, 6816. I'm going to unmute you. Hey there. Hi, Jennifer. This is Penny. And Hi, Penny. I really appreciate the time today. I was... Um, I'm at my daughter's graduation, and we're out of town um, at her the college that she goes to. And there's a lot of things going on that I don't um, I don't do. <laughs> a lot of drinking, drunkenness by kids and parents and all this stuff. And so I'm working on accepting everything and everybody, and I'm choosing love. And I'm having a challenging time not uh, staying neutral and not going into judgment. So I was wondering if you could give me some suggestions and tips on how I can, I don't, I'm choosing not to um, drink alcohol. I'm choosing not to eat flour and sugar and, and the, like all the food that's around me. And I'm, I'm 
Yeah, so I really would like some tips and suggestions that you could give me. I mean, I love those seven tips uh, to uh, interrupt fear. And, and on top of it, my youngest daughter will be flying to where we're at tomorrow morning after being all night at her prom, and I'm afraid that she's going to miss a flight or something and then, and then not make it for her sister's graduation. So I just, uh, yeah, so I'd like to know if there's any other tips that I can remain in love and acceptance, and enjoy myself. Yeah. Yeah, you can't enjoy yourself and be judgmental at the same time. No. <laughs> it's just not possible. Yeah. It's such a sacrifice to choose judgment. We sacrifice our joy, our health, our wealth, our happiness. So uh, that's the thing, is to really pay attention, Penny, what is it you like about the judgments? So it's like the feel the feelings step. What is it that you are drawn to the judgments? What do you think the judgments give you? Um, I think it, it gives me a sense of uh, being able to control the situation, and I know I can't control it, I can't fix it, and I can't cause it. I'm also working the 12-step program, and so mm -hmm. um, Al-Anon, so I know that I can't I, – it, it doesn't work for me to live in that space, and I'm working out of it, if that makes sense. <laughs> so, yeah. But I'm not quite there. And I'm doing A Course in Miracles, too. I'm on Lesson 120. And um, so I'm not quite there yet. I'm still training my mind. <laughs> uh -huh. So I just figure it's the great master that you are that you can guide me today. <laughs> Yeah, so that's the thing is to to uh, recognize that, like many people, there's this sense that the judgments give you control. So uh, can you think of one judgment that gives you a sense of control? Um, there's a and lot of background noise. I, I'm sorry, there's a lot of background noise, so I'm, I'm muting you so you don't hear it. Um, one judgment that gives me a sense of control. Yeah, it's effective. Um, it's effective. Mm -hmm. Gosh, there's... You know, I don't think there's any judgment that gives me um, right. a sense of control that's there effective. Are there are not. not. Yeah. All they do is actually make you feel separate. Because you're separate from the love when you're choosing judgments in your mind. You're separating yourself from the flow of love. So you're separating yourself from the flow of kindness and generosity, abundance and prosperity. You're separating yourself from the flow of creativity and wisdom and clarity. You're separating yourself from freedom, from joy, from happiness. There's just no way to be happy and joyful, truly, and be judgmental at the same time. So it's... Instead of judging, I don't know what anything is for, but I'd like to. And more importantly, I'd just like to be happy. Even if I don't know what everything is for, I'd just like to be joyful. Maybe I don't know, have to know what everything is for. Maybe I don't have to be right about anything. I can just be happy. Yeah. That's beautiful. It, it, it really is. You know, it's that old thing of would you rather be right or be happy? Mm-hmm. You know? So then I and sit at these parties where the parents and the kids are, like, um, drinking way beyond what they need. 
and I just love them, and I'm happy. And I enjoy yeah. the conversation that I can have with them, and that's that. Yeah, it really is. It's, it's look for the good. And so one of the things yeah. you can do is remember the stage about calling the angels and partnering up. So partner yeah. up. Partner up. Okay. You know, angels, help me to find the good. Help me to find the person here that I can have an enjoyable conversation with. Help me to find someone I can be helpful to. Find me, help me to have big compassion and be compassionate. That's the thing that will put you in the joy. Because the only reason we're ever out of the, the feeling of joy is we're out of our loving heart. Yep. Okay. Jennifer, that's fabulous. Go for it. Thank you. I will. <laughs> All right. God bless you. Have a good time, Penny. Yeah, God bless you, too. Thank you. You're welcome. And we've got, I'm going to do one more here. We have someone, their phone number ends with 3332 in Santa Monica. All right. Hi. Hey there. Hi. Hi. I, that's so weird that you called my number, but not really. And um, mm-hmm. I I listened to your um, talk the other day on Friday. Mm-hmm. Was it Friday or it might have been Thursday? Thursday. Mm-hmm. So I'm re-listening now, and I I, I just wanted to I don't know what if I, if I have a question. I'm just struggling in my life right now, and um, I'm so glad that I listened to your talk, and um, mm-hmm. I just wanted to share that with you. And mm. I feel like if I can um, practice some of these things, well, all of these things that you've just been sharing, uh, I'm feeling a little glimmer of hope. Yeah, that's struggle. it. I'm, yeah. It's your willingness. The willingness brings the hope, and then it brings the willingness to trust, and then it brings faith. Yeah. So when and we I, practice, I, we're demonstrating our willingness. I mean, I'm going, I've been practicing the last two days, just the three first steps. like, And it is every three. second. Every second. Yes. I might have I a little know. reprise, and then I'm back at it yep. again. And um, I've just yep. had a really difficult two years um, that's caused me depression, worry, doubt and um and you know I've lost my joy and I know that it's in there and mm. I I, to, I want it to come out again and mm-hmm. I, I I'm just wondering if you um I'm thinking about the boot camp and I'm going to call back and talk to whoever I need to about that and um I don't know if you see people one on one as well um I do really at a turning point in my life and I need to be joyous and I'd like to have that and I'm a single mom of two children right now and it's just um, been devastating and uh, I I feel like with the negative thoughts I'm never going to break free and uh, be able to so I'm just I'm just so thankful that I've heard your talk and that I was Guided to listen, and I I just made the time. I'm late for a, a drive up to Ojai, but I just thought I I don't care. I'm just going to listen to this again. So, mm. 
I just wanted to thank you. You're and welcome. I, thank you. I hope we connect. Yes. Yes, God bless you and your thank family. You. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're welcome. Everything you said, I just, so much of what you shared about your struggle, I just feel like I'm hearing myself talk. Mm-hmm. So thank you for sharing. Yeah. My pleasure. All right. So I am going to review the seven simple steps, and I am going to now share a little bit more about the Finding Freedom Boot Camp class. Because I was inspired to create this boot camp class because my own experience of being in what felt like a boot camp, and, you know, in the beginning it felt hellacious, uh, which Finding Freedom class Hopefully, it won't feel hellacious for you. Um, in fact, uh, to me, it's so great that you can just relax into not having to figure it out. That was one of the things for me that felt so hellacious was I was trying to figure it out what to do. So now I've built this whole curriculum so you don't have to figure it out. You just follow along and do the steps. Now, obviously, I've given you um, just some, a little tiny portion of what's in the curriculum, and um, you can work these seven simple steps on your own. But the thing is, is a lot of people, when they're doing the work on their own, they they give up. A lot of people, without real support, they just fall back into the same old habits and the same old patterns and the same old experience. So that's why I created this Finding Freedom Boot Camp, so we can do it together. So now the curriculum includes many things. It, it has 50 videos, and most of them I am going through the exact steps and things that I've done that worked for me that were so helpful to me. I also have seven classes that for are for audio download and you can listen to them at any time you want. I have a bonus class and the bonus class happens the day registration closes. And so that is Wednesday the 11th of May. And so then there's also guided meditations and there is a 400 page workbook. So you can Take all the classes, download them, put them on your iPhone, your iPad, your smartphone. Uh, you can burn them to CDs and take them with you in the car. Uh, you'll also get all the transcripts for everything. And uh, there's also, in addition to all these pieces, you get the weekly call with me for the 90 days of the boot camp. So for 90 days, you get access to total access to everything. Every week you get a live call with me where you can ask me any questions you like, four weeks a month, uh, every month. So if you can't be there live, you can submit a question in writing and you can listen to the download later. Now, uh, we have payment plans. So if money is an issue for you, we can give you one of the payment plans. If my payment plans don't work for you, we'll make one just for you. That's how committed I am to doing this work with you. So 
here's the thing. If you're interested in doing this same work that I'm talking about here that completely changed my life and liberated me from a life of suffering and repeating the past, make the decision now. Because that's what I did. I made a decision. I am doing this now. I didn't know how to do it when I made the decision. Did not know how when I made the decision. It was my making the decision that brought forth all the how. So Course in Miracles says your little willingness is all that's required. It's all that's required to start. But the more willingness you have, the faster you can go. So you can really move at a quick pace. Now, one of the things about my boot camp is some people will uh, work it this way. They'll listen to all the audios. They'll watch all the videos. And they'll listen to everything again and again. They'll read the transcripts. And they don't do any of the work. And then they decide, okay, now I'm going to go back and do everything again. But this time I'm going to do the work. I'm going to do the workbook. So... There's no rules about it. You can go at your own pace. Somebody just, sometimes people just want to go in and watch all the videos and get the audios and listen to them later. It's up to you. Because over and over and over again, people are having the same experience that I've had because they're interrupting these patterns of fear. They're building a momentum in inspiration and they experience miraculous healing. So when you do the work, you start to live a miraculous life. And what happens is they prove to themselves that it is possible for them. I used to think it's just not possible for me. There's some block. I can't get around it. I can't get over it. I can't get under it. But when I made that decision, I said, I am doing this. That decision propelled me into a space of real willingness and I started to really do the work. So that's how we prove it to ourselves. So uh, on the webpage at jenniferhadley.com, there's the Finding Freedom page. And you can get to it from the home page or the events page at jenniferhadley.com. You can read testimonials of other people who have done this work. So you heard Christy sharing before, and you can read testimonials on the website. And I really encourage you to read the whole page there because I took time and energy and effort to carefully write out the details of the class so that if it's right for you, when you read it, you will know. It's not for everybody, and I get that. But if it's for you, you'll know and trust that. Not everybody's willing to do the work. Not everybody's interested in doing the work. Not everybody's available to do the work right now. But if it's right for you, you will know. And in this class, you get to discover all the things that I did. And I'm there to help you and support you in doing them to the best of your ability. We all fall down. We all get back up through the power of love. So there's a lot of support in this group, and you can get a lot of support from our Facebook group. We have an amazing Facebook group. What I know is that doing this work of interrupting the patterns of fear is that the answers are inside you. And you will start to have the ahas and the insights 
that change your life and it's up to you whether you incorporate them into your life or not. Now, there's so much more in Finding Freedom than I just shared with you today. So much more. Obviously, there's many, many hours here. We're just taking, we just did an hour of teaching. So there's so much more. And what I can say, though, is these seven simple steps, they changed my life and they opened me up to the guidance and the inspiration that I now share in all my classes. I always know that there's a large number of people who are listening to me who are very much like me, and they aspire to be a spiritual teacher, a counselor, a coach, uh, to be uh, successful parents and grandparents. And these tips and tools are designed for you to live your best life. Uh, one of the, the things that many light workers suffer with is they're playing small. And they don't know how to break out of playing small. Well, finding freedom helps so many people to stop playing small because they just don't stay stuck in that place of wondering how to figure it out. Somebody's already figured it out for them. I've already done that, and you just have to follow along. I think one of the best testimonials I ever had was there was someone who um, I talked with them after the class, after they had done all the seven weeks of the class, because it is a seven-week boot camp class, and I give you 90 days to do it. So I give you... Uh, you know, like twice the amount of time that you need to do it so that you can take your time and you can do it more than once. And if you decide that you'd like to keep access to it, it's only $22 a month, including my sacred circle of spiritual counseling every, every uh, week. So th that's a wonderful option, and many people take that. Now, I had someone in the class when I first started teaching it who at the end of the seven weeks told me, you know, Jennifer, I didn't tell anyone, but I had made up my mind that if this class didn't work for me, I wasn't going to try anything else. I was going to kill myself because I just thought, I I'm not doing this again. This is the last thing. If this doesn't work, I'm done. I am totally done. And she said, I'm so amazed because I don't feel suicidal at all anymore. And that was just seven weeks ago. That, for me, was an amazing testimonial. So you don't have to figure out what to do. Just do the things I'm suggesting at your own pace. You know, I love to bring people together in a group. I like to do things in a group. I like the group energy because I felt so alone for so long. And I'm just not interested in that anymore. So I like doing things together as a group. I like being the two or more who are gathered in a group. And, in fact, 
sometimes people come into the Finding Freedom class and they'd like to have a prayer partner. And they become prayer partners with somebody else in the class. And then they find they have even more support doing the Finding Freedom curriculum. Also, uh, I'm training spiritual counselors now. And so, in fact, I have training this week coming up. And so my spiritual counselors in training do uh, sessions at uh, love offering donation basis. So there's an opportunity for you to get even more support. So I am going to go back over the seven simple steps here, and then we're going to close right out. So let's just go right over these here. All right, so first one, fear has no power unless I reinvest in it again. So fear has no power. I have the power. The light has the power. You can't damage the light. We're light beings. We can't actually be damaged. But we can feel it and we can believe it in our mind and experience it. Fear has no power. Next, be grateful. When you're grateful, it lifts your vibration so you can hear and know and feel and see more clearly the divine guidance and inspiration that's always there for you. Number three, partner up. Call the angels in the name of God. Call beloved I am that I am, higher Holy Spirit self. Choose to partner up. Don't go it alone. Get that divine guidance and insight going up. Shift the energy. Number four, choose love. Make a new choice. Choose healing. Choose to align with the only power there is. It breaks the pattern. Number five, when the feelings are upsetting, feel the feelings and ask what it's for. Don't deny the feelings. Don't medicate the feelings. The feelings are there to help you recognize that you are believing something that's not true. If you were believing the truth, you would feel peaceful and harmonious. Feel your feelings and ask, what's this for? Number six, surrender all attachments. Because all attachments cause suffering. Attachments are your judgments and your opinions. Attachments are the meaning you made of things. Attachments are your interpretations. They are not the truth. So rather than be right, be happy. If you'd like to see, be able, be able to see beyond time and space to the truth and actually know what things are for, you must let go of the meaning you made of things in order to see what they're really for. So surrender the attachment. And then step, step seven is share the benefits of your healing, your expansion, your willingness with everyone because you're one with them. Oneness is the ultimate healing because the only problem we have that shows up as every problem we think we have, our only problem is that we believe we're separate from God. That's it. Those are the only problems. One more thing I'd like to share with you is that I have a money-back guarantee for finding freedom. So if you do the work and you don't bring on your breakthrough, I will help you. I will refund you because I'm interested in supporting you and having the breakthrough. That's my whole objective for doing this class. All right. 
Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I am going to, uh, and all the people who wrote in, I did my best to tune everything I said to your um, your questions, your comments. And let's now close this out with a prayer and lift our heart and mind in gratitude. So grateful and so thankful to place my hand in my heart and to be wholehearted, wholeheartedly available for love, for healing, for expansion, for clarity, for freedom, for joy. We partner up and we call the name of God, beloved I am that I am, and we declare that we are willing to surrender all the attachments. We are willing to be grateful. We are willing to feel our feelings. We are willing to choose love. We are willing to know the truth that sets us free. We're willing to bring on a breakthrough and have a healing and live as our true identity. We are willing. In gratitude, we share the benefits with all beings because we're one with them. In gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you so much for joining with me today. Truly, you're my answer prayer because my prayer was to be able to share in a meaningful way that would inspire people to take loving action in their lives. So you showing up is my answered prayer, and I thank you for it. God bless you. I love you. Mwah.